Hello, my friends, Nigel here, and welcome to Backable, the podcast where we explore the top performance habits in both business and life. Today, Tim and Alana sit down to deep dive into one of their favorite topics, relationships, specifically business relationships, how to establish them, how to maintain them, and the true value that quality relationships can provide to both your business and yourself personally. Tim and Lan share some of their own experiences with quality relationships that have opened up massive opportunities and given them the ability to accelerate their business and personal growth. It's a really interesting discussion. Hope you enjoy. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Backable for all of you that are listening for the first time. Welcome. Nigel, I'm sure you'll introduce yourself on the front of this promo and Lana's here too, which is um, maybe I should do a promo once. Actually give my version of who you both are to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. No, so. That's <laughs> no, true. I don't want to do the work. Now, we are talking transitioning in your business career and transitioning from people who are self-funded, people who have started their businesses, spent a few years building them up and are taking the next steps with both the desire to grow their businesses and the, I guess, the will to see how far they can take their business careers because we've got different types of people which we talk about a lot, Lana, small business owners that just create a job for themselves and then people who are growing an organization. So today we're talking about one of the things that's probably underestimated by most smaller business owners at the start, which is building up your armor and infrastructure, but understanding where that comes from. And one of the key elements that's generally disregarded is relationships, the quality of relationships, the investment you need to make in relationships, not just for progress, but to start to put around you a circle of people that know you, have known you for a long time and understand how you operate. And Lana, we've, we've had this experience many, many times where thank God for a relationship or we would have had some problems. The relationships that definitely helped us to get where we are today, you can't underestimate, you can't overestimate the importance of people who believe in you, but also people who see what you could be. When you're in business, when you're starting out in business and when you're growing your business, to find the people who actually see the worth in what you're doing, that for us was a huge game changer. Yeah, and there's a saying that you hear bandied around a lot, which is net worth equals network, right? Other way around, buddy. <laughs> network equals net worth. When you say something that's equal, Nigel, it's, it works exactly <laughs> the same way, you idiot. So, yeah, I really do want to put the introduction. Thanks for your input there, but... Um, Net worth equals net work or net work equals net worth, which is actually what an equal sign is, which is a balanced scale on both sides. But thank you for the clarity, Lana and Nigel, while I'm just, you know, I mean, this should be a solo cast, really. I'm carrying this. All right. I'm Strong out. edit point. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are, are we talking relationships? Is this, <laughs> is this the discussion? I'm creating a story arc of our relationship breaking down at the start of the podcast and then we gather it. But thanks for ruining the ending, you two. Now, I want to get back onto this because it's really important, which is when you are in your business career, you're establishing lots of different relationships. You're meeting a lot of people and you're constantly going to be engaged with people who at some stages in the relationship will be major time wasters in that point in time. 
Whereas you fast forward 10 years in your business relationship and someone who you met that you thought was, gee, that was a waste of time becomes the opportunity of a lifetime or vice versa. They see you in a different light, but with the fullness of time and the evolution of business, all these different relationships can take on new value. But it's not about just establishing relationships for the potential of getting somewhere. And I think that's where the difference between people who understand this is it's not about transactional relationships the whole time. Some of the best business and opportunities we've ever got, Lana, and I'm talking about, you know, we had one that was the difference between a single conversation and millions of dollars was literally because people like the cut of our jib. We were consistent. We were always nice to people. We are because that's generally one of our principles. But when it came down to a commercial opportunity, we were forced through a door because of our track record of being good people. Within the realm of business relationships, people can often go back to the transactional, which is what you're talking about. I meet a person and we have a relationship and I'll call on them in six months time when I need them. And that's how I build my network. What we're actually talking about here is you can't fake a relationship. You actually can't keep a relationship transactional if you're going to have a real endpoint to it. So yes, it was great that one conversation opened doors to millions of dollars, but that's because our relationship with those people was actually genuine and it was based on caring about their life outside of business, them caring about our success and a simple email asking, how are you? Or a simple text message, but not doing it because we wanted millions of dollars doing it because we genuinely, they popped into our head and we thought, oh, haven't heard from them. How are they? And to me, that's the distinction that I think business owners can fall into is this idea of I have a relationship with someone that's going to get me something. Yep. And that's all you're thinking about versus I genuinely care how this person is. And when they pop into my head or when I see something of interest, I'm going to give it to them or I'm going to talk to them. And to me, that's always been the distinction between the real relationships that lead to success in business and just a relationship for a network. Yeah. At times during our journey, the last thing you want to do is invest in relationships. And I must admit, Alana is, um, switch off your mic and your earphones there, Alana, but it's a superpower of hers in nurturing relationships. When we first met, she was in a relationship role at Universal Music and was excellent at it in terms of being able to nurture relationships, being able to understand where value is and also doing the right thing by people because you learn that skill. Now, a lot of us who get so caught up in building the business forget that we have to keep investing in this part of our business. We have to keep building up infrastructure. We have to keep enjoying the journey with other people because not only does it have a tangible value at some stage in your journey, But it changes the way you see the whole world because the more quality people that you're spending time and investing in, the more you evolve your thinking. It scares me a little bit because the amount of people, as you've said, Lana, that invest only in relationships because they think they can get something from it. But everyone who's listening would know relationships that you could name right now, which is who are the relationships you're in that you know are just transactional? even though it's superficial. So have a look at all your social media friends. And some of those are great relationships because both sides know that it's transactional and both sides know that if I need a job or if I need to recommend someone, I can go to this person. And they're important, which is basically your network relationships, which are essentially superficial relationships, but transactional in nature, which are very important to have because that's just expanding who your network is. What we're talking about is investing in relationships because you like the person, you like what they're about, you want to get on board. And what you'll find is when you are in your own journey, 
you'll come across people who want to help you because they want to help you, not because there actually is any benefit. And this is one of the great things about having mentors or having people who have been successful because generally they're not looking to transact on everything. You know, one of our mentors talks about when you put a board together, find people who don't need any money and don't want anything. And they're the people you want to give the most to, right? Because they don't need it and they're not there for that sole purpose. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be remunerated, but it means finding people that want to win the game first and then work out what happens after that. So where we've had some experiences you know, in the last decade is a lot of relationships that started even with clients are now friends and now people we hang out with and now people that are involved in other businesses we own. And the two-way nature of this relationship is if you go into the relationship thinking, what can I get out of this? If that's where it starts, you have to work at growing it. So a client relationship, it goes in as we give service, they give money. Yep. That's the start of the relationship. A clear relationship at the start, yep. transaction. And then as you start to communicate with each other, talk about what's going on, and you do connect, you start to hear their life stories and you genuinely start to care this is the next step that you need to take. Building a successful business relationship ongoing is this idea of genuinely caring, that when you ask how their weekend was, you have to genuinely care. And people can tell if you're just doing it for a bit of lip service, if you say, how was your weekend? And then jump into the other thing. That's not what real relationships are built on. It's when you see something of interest to them, you flick it to them. Even if it is a service client relationship, you're thinking of them from what you can do for them, not I get money for this transaction, so I'm going to keep doing it. And this is how I've built every single one of my relationships. And I've got, (laughs) so I was at Universal Music 10 years ago now. One of our first clients at the agency came from my relationship at Universal Music. And to this day, she calls me for advice on digital and she sends clients to me. And I'm actually invited to her wedding, which is lovely. And this all started from the fact that I genuinely care about her being successful in what she's doing and she's got the same affection for me. And you can't fake that. Yeah, and I guess for those of you who are listening in here and thinking about your relationships, what we're really talking about is who could you ring right now and ask a favour and they would do it because of the value they have in the relationship that they know when you ask something, they don't actually need to know the full details. They trust you enough to do it anyway. It's the same thing of who could you ring now and get $100,000 sent to you or a million dollars sent to you or whatever it is. It's building these types of relationships where people take your phone call because of who you are and how you behave in relationships. And here's the other thing. The way that you're perceived in a relationship also directly leads to people's willingness to want to put you in front of their networks because what a relationship is an audition for how you behave socially. So if you're a person who picks up the phone when you're consistent with it, you get back to people, you behave like a friend would behave, people aren't scared to put you in front of their trusted networks because they know who you are. We get so many business owners that talk about why don't people give me these opportunities? I go, well, you're inconsistent with your communication. You only have a call when you want something. You have a reputation of once you've had a transaction, you never speak to them again. So why would I put any of my friends in front of you? And they're like, well, because it's business. 
yeah, that's exactly right. You're in the business world of transaction. We're in the business world of lifelong relationships that's going to intersect at different times and people can add value at different moments. But the thing about it is none of us are looking for either of that. And this is the point. There's an evolution there. And funnily enough, a lot of the time it reflects directly the relationships in your personal life. That's also a good point as to why high school relationships and networks are so important once you get into business because these are the people who know the real you. They know the good and the bad. They've been through a lot of times your development life with each other. And so this is where they quite often say Melbourne's a very small business community. Everyone knows each other and the longer you've known people, the stronger the bond is because you do have that high school connection or if it's a networking group, you see the real person. Yeah, I want to pull up that because I think that's something I probably see it a little bit different. And this is about school networks and things like that and opportunities because this is one of those excuses. I don't have the networks that others do, so my business is harder to grow. School networks can actually step you back as well. Lana talks about it very positive because she's got positive relationships around her school network. There's also networks that because people already know you, they always see you as the person you were at school and you've evolved significantly. So I don't want anyone out there thinking that I didn't have the school network that can get me forward because it's all crap. Every day you're building a new relationship. Every day you're setting who you are in the business world. Every day you're involved in interactions with other people. You're establishing your relationship. An old mentor of mine used to say it every single time. He goes, Tim, your relationships your reputation take a lifetime of build and a second to destroy once it's destroyed you can't rebuild it again that's how he saw it and he was you know very very successful and this is the thing about it is how are you actively in your business nurturing stronger relationships what are you actually doing and if the answer is well we do great products and services you haven't even begun the relationship building That's the transaction of a business and this is really important to analyse in your own life. And a lot of the time it comes back to I don't have time to do it. I don't have time to build the relationship. Back in the day at Universal, my job was to look after regional and rural radio stations and publications in Victoria, South Australia, WA and Tasmania. And for those listening overseas, they're all the states of Australia basically (laughs) (laughs) because Lana loves to localise what she's done. And so that was around 200 phone calls a week that I had to make. And absolutely, it took time and this was something that I had to do for my job, but it definitely taught me about the importance of putting the time and the energy and the effort in because what I needed in return was to have songs played on the radio. All these regional stations wanted was to have a connection to someone who could give them the song, who would give them the time of day, who would send them an email. And it sounds very simple, but as soon as I figured out what they needed and wanted, I didn't have to make 200 phone calls. I could call the sort of type A priority stations in the bigger regional areas. I could send out CDs at the time. That's how long ago this was, physical CDs. Compact discs, Lana, for those (laughs) listening who have never heard of a CD because there would be a few that are young enough for that. An old record. Um, I could send them out to all the stations and I could follow up with an email to instead of the 200 stations, they would all get the CD, but then I could figure out who to talk to based on what they needed. So 
what started at 200 odd stations every week slowly became, I know what each person needs from me. So if I can give it to them, I'll actually get what I need in return. So rather the relationship was transactional because it was a record label to a radio station, which is business to business. By figuring out what each individual needed, I was able to give it to them. They got what they wanted and our relation started to build because it was the first time they ever had a rep pay them so much attention. The next level of that will be what you're talking about. While something might start off as transactional. And probably has to because it's weird if it doesn't. Because it's professional. Yeah. If you see someone and fall in love, love at first sight in business relationships, there's something wrong. And you're able to build up to what we're talking about, which is I could pick up the phone to all these stations and they would answer my call. They could send me an email and they know that they would get a response. This was over the span of probably two years by the end of it. But I had really great relationships with people because we understood what each person wanted. And it was never going to be that personal because of the business we were in. But it did get to a point where everyone got what they wanted and was on really, really good terms so that when I stepped out of that role, the next person who came in had a really easy time of it because the trust was there, the communications were there, and the relationship of here's how we can work best together was there. So it's not always about friendship. Sometimes it's about making sure everyone wins, but not always in that commercial backing. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the point, which is there's a commercial element to obviously all business relationships and particularly when they begin, that's a natural thing. We meet because there's a reason to meet at this point in time. It's the next part, which is your investment in relationships because A, it might be you just like the person. The second one would be there's going to be an obvious synergy in your business at some stage. But also, it's good to have people around you in business that you trust. It's good to have people that you can pick up the phone and have a chat, get their point of view and things like that. It's what's neglected by too many smaller businesses, but even businesses that are starting to get to some critical mass, say between the 5 and 10 million turnover, they hit this plateau because all the people they know are at that level or below. So they actually have to evolve the next level of relationships and be introduced to people who can take them to the next level or they can understand the next level. And it's not just to do business. It might be advisors that you need to get to. So for people listening, there are some lawyers that we've wanted to be introduced to. You can't just go and get an appointment. And this is sort of some pretty heavy hitters in finance. You have to be introduced to get the first conversation because they will not waste their time speaking to someone. And you don't want to go through the whole process of going to juniors. I want to speak to this person who's very prevalent, could be thousands of dollars an hour, but I want to ask them and run something by them. The only way I'm going to do is being godfathered by people in my network going, yeah, that person's legit, make the introduction. These are the things that happen as you start moving up the food chain of bigger businesses, people who value their time more. And you need to have that reputation, which is you're not going to waste someone who values their time time when you need to make the next step. You have to look at where you're at right now and work out who would you take a meeting with now, cold, without any introduction? Would you just take someone off the street who adds you to LinkedIn and says, hey, I would love to catch up for a few hours and we can talk business? Or if it's an introduction from a friend saying, hey, this person started a business, I think you two should chat. How do you view those two different invitations? And one of them's obvious. You would consider it. The other one is delete. I hope you're pressing delete, by the way. (laughs) But this is why it's so underestimated because you can't really track it. And when you can't track it, you either do one of two things. You spend too much time in the wrong part of it 
or you spend no time on it until you need it and then you come across as a transactional person. And this is what we're trying to get to, which is how much time are you spending curating your network and investing in the relationships because it's the right thing to do for the relationship. While we're still in the early parts of this conversation, where we traditionally kind of talk to the smaller businesses as they grow, there's a natural tendency, if you like someone, you're going to invest in that relationship just because you're going to shoot that text off when it's their birthday and you're going to do that extra effort. You don't like everyone that you meet. Got That's to very imp- negative, <laughs> I do. Oh, he does too. It's so annoying. Okay. Investing relationships in someone that values-wise they align, personality-wise they don't. Can you give some people some tips against that? How does that work? Because I think there's probably confusion there. So how do you align from a values but not personality? Because shouldn't part of the personality be aligned in your values? But if you're driving towards a core thing, because sometimes there's, there are certain people that yep. go, your values align to most of my values. Uh, I, I really like this. This is probably another podcast, but I love Nigel to death, as every one of you know. But he's talking about, so at what point should you sell out your values? <laughs> 100% and, I am. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm sort of eyeballing over here going, you could choose whatever you want. For me, it's like this. Everyone says they're loyal, but loyalty is only a value when it's tested. So everyone's very loyal, everyone's very trusting, everyone's very supportive until it's time for that value to kick in. So if you're loyal, it's only loyalty when loyalty is questioned. The same thing in a value, which is what are we talking about here? We're talking about, hey, I've met someone who might be really values aligned, but they're just in a different stage of business. So I think that's what Nigel's more trying to get at is if it's a personality thing, it's very easy for me because they don't align to anyone I'm going to introduce to but they still might have a transactional component that I'm happy to still be involved. I just don't want to do business with them. But what you find is as you start to get busier or you start to value your time more, you just won't spend time with people that don't align to people you're going to move forward with. So if I meet someone who's really successful but an absolute pig, bad luck because then I've got, I'm coming at the relationship for how can I get something from you as opposed to I want to invest in this. So why would you approach that? So actually you've sold your values, not them because they're who they are. That's also though a combination of loyalty, but also honesty. So if you meet someone who you've got a client and they need a service provider and you've got a service provider who you might not necessarily align with fully, you still might introduce them to the client, but you're going to have that honesty overlay of they do all everything that you want, but there's something. Yeah, which comes back to, so how are people introducing you? Great service, just terrible person. That's okay, but you just need to understand that because that's part of this relationship building. That's part of understanding how people see you in the, in the world, in the network, in the whatever it is. We've got a friend and he always says, he and his partner, they define the people they hang out with, with what is the first sentence out of our mouth when they close the door behind them? What do you say about the people who have just left your home, your office, the coffee? What is that first sentence? And it can be something like, oh, they're such nice people. Or it can be almost silence and we're just going to change the topic of conversation. It's a very interesting one, but it's a great litmus test for how how would you introduce other people, but also how do you think you'd be introduced? How do you make people feel when you leave? That was very insightful for me because now I always think when we leave, are they talking kindly about us? Which of course these people are because they're lovely. But after a business meeting, did I leave them feeling better 
than when I first walked in that door. So let's look at this a bit practically, right? Because a lot of you are probably sitting there saying, I am so busy. This sounds like so much work. I, I have enough time trying to spend quality time with my family and friends, let alone building business relationships up to the same level. And we're not talking about time investment. We're talking about quality investment. We're talking about looking out for people because you can, not that you have to. We had a client about six months ago that we wanted to start a better nurturing strategy, right? They'd grown really, really quickly and we needed to get to the next level. So we decided what could we do to start building the relationships with people in the network that we've identified as people we want better relationships with? It's like dating. I want this to evolve from a cheeky passion on a nightclub to a relationship. Is that what dating people still do? Cheeky passion. you old man. (laughs) Listen, I'm long-term married now. I've got no idea. (laughs) But what we're talking about is how do you evolve that? So it's a different type of nurturing. There's a different investment. You want a real relationship, not a transactional relationship. So every single fortnight, they organized a lunch with four other people in their network that they knew they would all get on. All it was was being the catalyst to organize the lunch. Not even pay for it, nothing like that. Wrote four emails and say, hey, I'm running a lunch here. The reason I'm running it is because of this. I want everyone to get to know each other. I think you would all enjoy meeting one another. So the person elevated who they were in their relationships by introducing them to other quality people. Week after week after week, this kept getting done. And what do you think happened? People were so appreciative of being taken into environments where they get to meet other people, they enjoyed a lunch on a Friday, it just grew and it kept growing and it kept growing. This person has since gone on and opened up so many different networks and opportunities that it's had a substantial shift in their business because everyone after meeting 100 different people and nurturing 100 different people were talking about this and the reputation just got out there. So opportunities that were never on the table for this person were presented. And that's a strategic way of improving your relationships, but there's a massive business benefit to it. And I think coming full circle in that one, this person I know honestly cares though about the people that they're going to be talking to and working with potentially. You can't just have a dinner and let everyone talk and then off you pop. The intention was right at the start in not just, hey, I want to use this as an excuse and say that I want to connect people that should know each other. They would go out and go, you honestly need to know this person. I know you would align and find a way to work together. Yeah, it was absolutely with the intention of wanting to help their network be better better and get to know each other. It was completely unselfish. The complete opposite of that is that a person I used to work with went on a date. Halfway through the date, she came back from the bathroom. The guy had paid for the bill and said, yeah, but let's connect on LinkedIn because, quote, you never know when the network of Melbourne will help us both. Just <laughs> absolute tool, right? Lost his chance at the cheeky pash. <laughs> Lost his chance at the network. <laughs> but they're two completely different scenarios, but of the same concept. You have to care. You can't just be superficial with building this relationship, building this network and building the contacts. Yeah, and I think for us, I mean, we had this experience quite recently in the last 24 months that we were heading over to New York And we wanted to talk to a few people. So we don't have a strong network initially 
because we haven't spent a lot of time there. And when I'm talking about strong, I'm saying we don't know 100 people that we could go there. It's a new city with a few friends scattered around as everyone sort of has. But talking to our networks just in passing, by the time we got there, we had quality meeting after quality meeting, meeting great people, but not just people of happy to see us, people who were actively trying to get us into the right places as quickly as possible. And you ask yourself, why are they doing this? They're doing it because they're like us. They're the type of people that we nurture here. The same way if they came here, we would go out of our way to make sure that they were in front of anyone that we thought could add benefit to what they're trying to achieve. Because you start to develop a reputation and you start to develop close enough relationships where as soon as someone introduces you, that's all that's needed. This is not something you can fake. If you're a bad human, you need to address it from a point of view of not an evil person, but if you're just poor at nurturing relationships. As I said, this is Lana's superpower. Nigel's been doing it on behalf of our business in this last business for over five years. This is not something I'm particularly good at because I've moved into a transactional role. But even in that role of having to work more operationally, my network has exploded with the people, different people. <laughs> You're very good at caring. You're really bad at closing because you don't. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, wife. <laughs> well, because, because you genuinely care about the relationship more than the transaction at the end of it. Yeah, but I've, I don't think I ever think about relationships in terms of what I can get out of it. So when I say I'm poor at it, I have no interest in the transactional element of any relationship up until a point where it becomes obvious that it would be great for everyone. And you have to call actual, sorry, bullshit on the fact that you've always been naturally great at connecting with people because this business really wouldn't have existed without the first initial gym business. A lot of the steps along the way were built on relationships from a personal trainer. Oh, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. Sorry, I'm going to reframe that. I'm not poor at relationships. In fact, I think that's one of my superpowers too. But it comes from a point of view of I don't look at relationships in any way as a transaction. I like someone and I'm all in. It wouldn't matter if I just met that person. If they seem like a nice person, well, I'm going to do everything I can to help them. That's one of my mantras. What can I do to help this person? So naturally, when you approach relationships like that, people are quite warm to you. You know, wow, why would you help me? We don't even know each other because I think I can. You know, sometimes it's to your detriment because you do things and people are like, they've somewhat taken advantage, but I don't see that as taking advantage. I see that as doing the right thing. You've got something to say there, Lana, because Lana's very protective of maybe helping people too early in a relationship. You definitely see the best in everyone, no matter what, which is lovely, but you do need people around you who actually, in business, put a bit of protection around you and... Everyone needs an Alana. Well, so what we're really talking about, and as I said, if you're listening to this and wondering what you need to do, probably what Lana's talking about is... Get an Alana. Who, <laughs> who are the type of people that you are spending time with regularly or it's not even spending time that you're investing in the relationship. So a lot of people, as soon as they get into this discussion, talk about CRMs. It's not an email that periodically goes out to your clients. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about as the owner, as a founder, as someone who's focused on building their careers, where am I establishing closer relationships? Where am I actually spending quality time outside the transaction? And a really good example of this one is, let's say, eight years ago, your brother responded to a Seek ad and got the 
digital agency, a client. Yes? Yep. And for those listening overseas, because Lana's still adapting to this being a global platform, <laughs> it's only been one year. A CCAD is basically someone where you go in Australia to look for a job. A job ad. So we had my brother that was targeting job ads for people who needed a position and we would try and then convince them that they didn't need the position, they should come to an agency instead. And it worked okay at the start because not everyone was doing it. Now it's a pretty common thing, but we were very early on that. So we we did that. So cold emailed out a job ad saying, have you thought about doing it this way instead of hiring someone? We think we can save you money, blah, 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 blah. So we got the client. We kept the client for probably about two to three years and we worked on multiple projects with them, different brands. Parted ways. A year later, came back with another brand. Parted ways. Two years later, I think I send out a random email saying, I'm going to contact you because I want to work with you again. You don't have to take my call. Calls me back, working with them with three clients. Fast forward six months, is now on our board. Yeah, all from a cold call ad with the intention of helping someone and selling, by the way, but that started from transaction. This is my exact point is it can start from transaction in the business sense. But had we just focused on Facebook posting for this particular client, it wouldn't have escalated and turned into what it is now, which is a really great friendship. But also from a professional sense, he provides mentoring to me and to Tim, but we also provide it back because we are on this equal level of business growth with each other. It's just a friendship. If I can help with any of my resources or abilities, they are yours because I value this relationship because of the track record that we've had, which is nothing to do with work, which is the great discussions and insights. And the credit goes to him because he could have said, here's a little 23-year-old girl in digital, see you later. It's transactional. And this is where the benefit of having older people around you and working with older people and reaching out to older people is if they see that thing in you, if they leave a meeting with you and think, there's an impressive individual. Eventually, as you start to grow, you might not always get to their level, but you you start to grow and you start to be able to add more value to them. It's not just their knowledge that they're imparting, but they're also getting insight into a world that they might not know about. So when you are building these relationships, I don't think it always has to be equal at the start, particularly if you're starting to build your network. Sometimes there'll be an uneven balance of the relationship but it's about what can it grow into. Like all relationships, business or otherwise, which is the true nature or the true point of the relationship will evolve based on its natural evolution rather than trying to manufacture a good relationship by ticking the boxes. We did one phone call a week. I'm sure everyone (laughs) out there has got a friend or someone they know and if you don't speak to them for five years, you would pick up the phone and it would be exactly the same. I have a really close friend and during our 20s, we, we didn't lose contact. We just didn't contact each other. And out of the blue, phone rings. So I was thinking about this, da, 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 like we hadn't missed a step and it had been three years we'd worked out and it felt like two weeks. There's such a relationship established there that it's not a time thing. Time's not even an element that comes into the value of the relationship. It's not about frequency. It's about depth and trust and where others would try and manufacture well, they don't call me as much as I call them. That's already looking at it as a transactional thing. Sorry, you lost me for a second because I just went, I know if we lost contact for 10 years, 
and I just put a random zoom through, I already know the exact pose you would be in <laughs> to, to pick up that zoom call. I don't know if you can tell the <laughs> listeners that, Nigel, because that's just between you and I. Let me shift gears on this topic because by now, if you're still listening, you get it. Relationships are important and you're probably evaluating some of yours and probably thinking, where can I enhance it? Let me give you the payoff, right? Let's talk about the payoff of what really quality relationships do for you. And here's one that is totally transactional but changes the world. Speed. Relationships create speed. Great relationships save you years and years of time and get you where you need to go faster. What you're investing in is time. It's like going to the gym. Why would you bother going to the gym if all it does is take your time away from the business, not the life extension on the back end where you might be fitter, more energy, happier, whatever it is. Investment in relationships, in curating relationships, doing the right things, trying to be better at them is the speed of opportunity when you need it. It's a money can't buy. There's more money than anything out there in the world and it doesn't have a home because unless you're trusted, you're not going to get to it and it won't get to you. If we were just looking at relationships and building them across not only you personally, but how does your organization build relationships? Everyone in your business. We look at this all the time with our guys. It's just Where are you building stronger relationships as part of your job? Every single person, doesn't matter what you're doing. You have to be doing this because it's creating speed. It's that one conversation. It's that one idea that you can get to the next level because you've been every single week investing in doing the right thing by people for no purpose except for out of the blue when you need something to happen. It magically always happens. How do I explain it better than just magic? And if you need an example of it, if you've ever told someone an idea and they've said, oh, I know a guy or girl you can talk to, that speed. Yeah. And so what's that worth? It's worth a lifetime of investment because the payoff, not just to open up the opportunity, the payoff is actually, it's more fun. Every day is more fun. Being around people who are supportive, being around people that want to help you, being around a team of people that might not be in your business, that are just in your network, that's what makes the whole game fun. If you feel lonely in business, show me your network. Show me the people you spend time with. And If the answer is, I don't have time for it, well, maybe the penny will drop after listening to this because it's hard to do because you actively have to invest in it. And the flip side of this for me with relationships is the good relationships, and we've spoken about how they can give you growth and speed and all of the things, is they can actually give you the same thing by telling you no. So when you talk to them, when you have an idea, when you do an introduction, relationships are also really great feedback. Something that you might have seen or missed can be fed back to you by the same people that you trust. And again, when Tim and I, whenever we get investments across our desk, we've got some people that we send it to. And the feedback that we get on these is hysterically brutal. Because they see things in a different way to us. So our relationship with them on a personal level is great. But on a business level, they give us so much that we couldn't even dream of at this stage. And I think that that's sometimes forgotten in your network is finding the people who will tell you no. 
because if you can convince them and if you can work with them, it takes you to that next level. Yeah, and Lani, you're probably talking about some of the secrets of different types of networks. So let me give you an example of a few of the family offices we know and the way that they evaluate deals and investments is they've got analysts that work for them. So for those of you who might be new to all this type of world, basically an opportunity comes in and don't worry, there's no shortage of opportunities because if you're selling money, everyone's got an opportunity for you. So the idea is filtering out the crap really quickly. And there are analysts that work for these families and different types of investment organizations that do this pretty quick. But all the people that make decisions at that level then go to their trusted network on top of professional analysts to get their feel and view because their money can't buy opinions and they're literally money can't buy because they're not necessarily working. It's how do you see this? And that's the advantage that people have that you can't buy because if you could buy it, you're going to spend way too much in this world of getting to it. So even at the top level of investment and business, people still need to rely on key relationships or you're weak because if you don't have those relationships and people you can call on for a myriad of different things, you're actually going to be a poorer performance in what you're trying to do and this is the point. That's not something you can just turn on because these are people who are happy to spend and invest time with you because the relationship's right and even in those relationships, It might not be remuneration that is the catalyst. It's the right things done when the right thing needs to be done. And that can be in the form of remuneration, but it's not set. And this is the thing that you have to start evolving at each stage of your business because it requires different types of relationships and different categories of relationships. So I think the category side of that is the important part. So I know that there's some people there that are going to be going, I need to invest in the relationships with only the people that I like that I'm going to have the deep level relationships with. There is a place for transactional relationships. There is a place for relationships where you don't hold the power. We seek out relationships with people who can make us better in terms of their knowledge and their experience. And what we offer them is the value that we bring to the table. Yeah, I think maybe an example that I've had recently is we've started to expand our help during the COVID period to a lot of people. So we've set up mechanisms where I'll help people. We've got some private groups and there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses in there. And so people naturally think, well, because he's giving some free stuff, I'll add him to LinkedIn and see if he wants to catch up for lunch. And it's like, no, you don't understand the nature of our relationship. I'm getting to know you and that's okay. But you realize where some people don't understand relationships because they're still at that point of, well, I should just catch up and we'll, we'll just have a chat. And there's a time and place for that. But that's what you have to do is filter out people that may not be the best use of your time for this point in time. Not that they're not great people or it would be a great opportunity, but you have to draw the line somewhere. So it's understanding and, and that's what Nigel's talking about is what is your intention in a relationship And who are you looking to invest in? Because still there's an investment. Time is an investment. So if you're spending a lot of time in relationships that don't view the relationship as you do, how are you there anyway? The same way you would evaluate a new investment opportunity, you have to evaluate, would I take that meeting? And this is the whole point. And it's a beautiful way to sort of bring it together, which is at every level, 
there's people who will be happy to invest in a relationship. At some stage, you've got to realize you have limited time. So the relationship investment has to be with those people that are evolving at the same pace as you, not just from a size of business, but in life in general. Some people will not evolve. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to work out, is that really where I want to spend my time? It's even the type of conversations. That is an investment. When I meet with these type of people or this network or this business group, everything they're talking about is low-level learning business. It's new to business. But this network's been going for five years. Why are we still talking about the same thing? This is something that should have been knocked off in two hours in my business. And that's when you start to realize, okay, this is where I need to be spending my time because that is the true investment and where you can also add value. Is that what you were talking about, Nigel? Yeah, I just, I'm always a little bit concerned about people running too hard in one area and cutting out some of the things that need to be done. Like there's certain red flags that come up in meetings where it hits me that I go, we're playing at different games at this point. Like if you're in a first meeting and I used to do it all the time myself, go, so how can I help you? How can I help your business? When I hear that now, I know the intention is great, but the thought behind it isn't as sophisticated as it could be. You know what I mean? Interesting, because I disagree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I come at things from whenever I'm talking to people. If I don't know what they want, the relationship will never be equal because I know what I want, even if it's a coffee. If I don't know what they're looking for, I can't build the relationship how I build the relationship. So from my point of view, it's not the wrong thinking or the lower level. It's that's how I sort to make sure that I can give them what they want. Yeah, I guess. But when I hear you use that kind of language, the rest of the conversation has led to a point there. Whereas some of these conversations will be, I wrote, this is what I do. This is what I do. Now it's the time in the meeting when I have to ask the, how can I help you question. So the intention. But I think that's also to do with where are you spending your time? I don't have those conversations because I wouldn't be at them. And the people that we're meeting with is, how did you get into that conversation? A lot of people, I think, particularly when I I meet a lot, lot of people and they're talking about, I need to be around different networks and people. I go, what do you mean? You are that network and person. That is exactly where you fit because that's where you feel comfortable because people who think they understand it or are a really big in small business networks. So you come across these whales in small business networks and they're running a bigger business, but they've not evolved. They're staying at the same level because they feel comfortable now, almost the king of the castle. But there's a different game. This is the evolution we all have to make. I mean, this is the point. And when you find yourself in different relationships, because we're talking right now around networking particularly, you know, these are the, the type of situations that commonly come up. If you're in a business where you're meeting people, if you're an online business, relationships might be with suppliers, with distributors. There's always different relationships that have to be, but the principles stay the same, which is building the quality ones to make sure that they're lifelong relationships. Because even with things like, as Nigel's saying, I don't want to bring it up, but it's exactly like meeting someone else in your personal life. If you jump straight to great. So where is this relationship heading in the first two minutes of sitting down and meeting someone at a bar? I mean, there's red flags all over that, right? From everyone's side. And it's the same in business. It is where you say things that the other person will start to go, "Uh oh, this is not a relationship I want to invest any more time in. So Nigel's giving a great example of he's in discussions where these things come up and Lana's in the same conversations with different people. And in that environment, That's exactly where you want to go to. 
I already trust you. We're not establishing a relationship. I want to know what you need so I can deliver it. And it's almost like the evolution of a good relationship, which is Nigel's meeting a lot of new people and filtering where Lana wouldn't be in that meeting. So as soon as the same sentence is said in the same sentence, one's got immediate action and the other one is red flags. But that's the interesting thing about working out where you're at and where each of your relationships is at because Lana doesn't want to waste her time, do you? You actually want to know from straight away, what do you want? But not in a rude way as in, because I'll help you. And I think it does come back to how I approach a relationship from the very start is it has to be two-way street. Even if I don't get anything out of it now, Currently where we are is that it's a very small world. Everything's interconnected. My sole job is to give you everything possible. Somewhere in the future, there could be a benefit for me. And to me, that's enough for me to be able to say, I will give you the world that I can give you if I trust you. And if for me, the trust's not there, the meeting doesn't go on. And it might sound a little bit, well, I'm just trying to get a transaction out of it. Absolutely not. The relationship could be that we're friends. The relationship could be that we catch up for a drink in five years. But anyone who says a relationship isn't about two ways is missing the point of a relationship. A relationship should be two ways because you're there to help the other person. And if I want to help them, my expectation is somewhere down the line, they'll want to help me, Tim and myself. I wouldn't be in a relationship with him if he didn't want to help me. Exactly right. And this is, I guess, the, the same point is how you view your relationships too. A lot of people I've met they view relationships based on the things they like doing and whether someone fits in. You actually can have relationships that are just what they are and that's still a quality relationship but they don't need to be anything different to what they are. That is the friend that we go skeet shooting with. I've never been skeet shooting so I just don't know why but it was on my mind. But that's what it is. It's nothing beyond that. But anytime I want to do that, it's with that friend. But even we joke about you wanting to give so much that whenever you meet people, you just want to help them. You get so much out of helping people. Yeah. So actually, I'm selfish. Yeah. In a great way. You just, you happen to get it out of it. And I think that it's a very, it can be a very dangerous thing to say when we talk about transactional. We're talking about transactional without the care. Yeah. As opposed to the reality in business is that everything's going to somehow come around and help someone else. If you don't have that care for the other person, to me, that's when the problem comes into it because it's all about you as opposed to how can I help this person and you know, karma, whatever you want to call it, eventually could come back around and that's lovely. Even taking Tim and I going to New York, we started off, I think it was with three meetings and three meetings became nine and we didn't sell remotely because the people who introduced us in the first place know that Tim and I are very very steady with making sure that whatever we're doing is right for the people who have introduced us. We would never make them look bad. So straight away, that concept and that idea flowed through to every single meeting we went to. And we had people offering us offices to work from, other meetings to come up. When they're coming back to Australia, they want to meet with us and meet our friends. And that's because that's how Tim and I build relationships is honesty and trust. And it sounds really simple. But as Tim was mentioning, if we had sold, where are we going? That's not what we were there for and that's not what they were there for. And sometimes you can just get really excited with a new relationship, think that you're best friends. And to me, that's one of the biggest mistakes you could make. Yeah, and I, you know, I've met people over the, the journey also that value the relationship based of straight away, I don't want to take that meeting because I can't get anything out of it or they're not ready. And it's like, well, there has to be an element of investment in things because it's for the person that introduced you or because it, it's important for where they are, not just because you don't have a direct benefit. And this is you know, getting a bit sort of simple, which is are you a good 
in relationships. Are you invested? Are you focused? Do you think about them? Do you think about why you have good ones, why you don't have good ones? Do you think about why do people not invite you to places and instead of being because they're mean as opposed to where am I adding value in the relationship? It's the same as are you a good networker? And what's a good networker? You're actually great to have in a networking group. It's like people who get invited to dinner parties because they're great guests. Whatever you think that because you're friends of them, you've got an obligation to go there. How are you adding value in every part of your life? And this is not just business, but if you're adding value constantly, consistently, and with a focus of trying to help others, things like this just change for you. They change rapidly when you least expect it because it's that one opportunity that there's no way you could have gotten without the years and years and years of track record you've built by being invested in quality relationships. And at the end of the day, if you have ambition to grow a great business, there is no chance that you'll be growing a great business without a history of quality relationships with people that you have met, will meet, and see you as someone that they'd want to spend time with. Lana, Nigel, let's do it all again next week. See ya. Bye. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. And of course, if you head on over to backable.ai, you can access all the downloadables we've put together. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, then make sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on one or all of the platforms you can find in the show description below. As always, if you have enjoyed this week's podcast, please don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review. That's all from us for now. Have a great week and we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye.